Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I'm Michael Kingswood, a retired submarine officer. I'm also a private pilot, martial artist, engineer, and a lifelong fan of science fiction and fantasy. I've written and published dozens of stories across the entire spectrum of speculative fiction. So sit back, let your mind wander through realms of adventure as I tell you a story. Hey, it's story time with Michael Kingswood again, episode three, and we're continuing with Veritas Morte, written by yours truly. So, all right, so the last scene, uh, Lucian got a bit of a wake-up call from his dad. Hey, son, what do you think of that that girl, Ophelia? I don't know, not quite what I expected, I guess. Well, you'll go spend some time with her, because I may make you marry her. What? <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, yeah, he's crown prince, right? That's uh, how politics goes sometimes. And now the ball's in Lucian's lap. Uh, Dad told him to go spend time with the girl. I guess he's going to have to at some point. What's he going to do about it? And so we go to the next scene. Again, the narrator is the awesome Keith Mickelson. Sit back, enjoy, and we'll talk to you later. Veritas Morte, a science fiction novella by Michael Kingswood. Narrated by Keith Mickelson. Lucian adjusted his uniform blouse. He had changed into more formal attire for the morning briefing, and it seemed fitting to remain thus for the princess, and drew himself erect, then placed his palm on the call box next to the door to the Empress's suite, and waited. The seconds stretched by until nearly a full minute had passed before finally a soft chime sounded in the hallway and the suite's door slid open. Lucian blinked, surprised to see Lord Morsey on the other side. The flabby chamberlain gave a start and took a half-step back, his eyes widening. "'My prince, what?' he began, but Princess Ophelia's voice cut him off. "'Prince Lucian,' she said, appearing from behind Lord Morsey and wearing that same knowing smile she had worn in the throne room, and indeed throughout their dinner the previous evening. It is good to see you again. Her smile hardened a tad as she looked away from him toward the chamberlain. Thank you, Lord Morsey. Morsey half turned to regard her for a moment, then inclined his head, accepting the obvious dismissal. Your Highness. He managed an apologetic half-smile as he stepped around Lucian into the corridor. My prince he said quickly, then hurried away in the direction of his office spaces. Lucian watched Morsi depart and could not help but frown. That was odd. Lord Morsi was assisting me with a matter of protocol, Princess Ophelia said from very close to Lucian's side. A delicate matter. Ah, Lucian said, looking sidelong at her. From this close, a subtle aroma seemed to waft from her. Roses, maybe? He did not know his plants very well. Whatever it was, he had not encountered exactly its like before. It was arousing. He shifted on his feet, suddenly uncomfortable as he felt his pulse quicken. It did not help that Princess Ophelia's smile had turned amused. He opened his mouth to speak. I was just sitting down to tea, she said, taking his words out from under him. Would you care to join me? 
Lucian felt himself flushing slightly. That was my very thought, Princess. Princess Ophelia laughed softly and turned, beckoning him to follow her into her borrowed chambers. No need to stand on formality, Lucian. It's just the two of us here. He followed her with his eyes before his feet. She was again dressed impeccably, this time in shades of green, white, and yellow, but he was surprised to see her hair color had changed. Rather than black fading to silver and blue, her locks faded to a silver green that complemented her dress perfectly. He pondered for a moment that she obviously made the change to match her attire, and how long did that take each day? He gave silent thanks that he was not a woman, to have to deal with such trivialities and followed her into what until recently had been his mother's quarters on board ship. Immediately he saw that Ophelia had not been entirely truthful. They were not alone. A serving girl stood on the far side of her sitting room, looking entirely too upright for her station. There was none of the meek supplication that the servants in the palace on Quora kept. This girl held her head up and actually met Lucian's eyes. Anger at the affront flared before he could stop it. The nerve of that, that, he forced himself to take a long, slow breath to return to calm. She was not of the Empire and did not know its proper ways. Capistrani customs were different. Their standards for servants certainly were as well. Will you pour another cup for the prince, please, Dila? Princess Ophelia asked as she settled down into one of three plumply cushioned chairs that circled a small table to the right, adjacent to the doorway to the dining area. Asked. Dila, who wore a simple cream-colored dress that ended at mid-calf and was cinched by a black leather belt at the waist, merely nodded and turned to a serving table where a porcelain teapot and several matching cups sat waiting. Ophelia gestured to a chair adjacent to hers, and by the time Lucian sat down, Dila had placed a filled cup and saucer onto the table in front of his chair. He had to admit, insolent as she was, she was efficient. He picked up the cup and inhaled the tea's aroma. He blinked in surprise. Was that Earl Grey? Ophelia's eyes twinkled as she watched his reaction. When my people colonized Campestra, they brought the plants with them, she said in reply to his unasked question. Again, Lucian found himself impressed by Capistra. First, they're fighting men, and now this. His father was correct. They would make a fine addition to the Empire some day. I haven't had Earl Grey since I was ten, he said, drinking deeply despite the tea's heat. Burnt tongue be damned, this was too rare a treat to wait on. My father scoured the Empire, but could never find any other sources. That irritated him to no end. Then we shall have to see about establishing a trade route, shan't we? Lucian stopped in mid-swallow, silently berating himself for letting that slip. Diplomatic negotiations were always touchy, especially those dealing with trade, and letting her know how much his father missed this particular blend would give them her leverage. Damn. Thank you, Dila, Ophelia said, and the serving girl nodded and departed into the dining room, and presumably the kitchen beyond. Lucian watched her go and could not help admiring the sway of her hips for a moment. You give your servant quite a bit of leniency, he said, trying not to let his chagrin over the girl's behavior show. Ophelia let out another of her quiet laughs. She is not a servant, Lucian. She is my personal assistant. He looked back at her, confused. She is in my employ, yes, she said but she is free to leave my service whenever she wishes. 
should a better opportunity present itself. Lucian sat back into the chair, hardly noticing the cushion's embrace in his shock. What could possibly be better? Ophelia just looked at him with that knowing gaze that seemed to come second nature to her, but instead of answering, she took a sip of her tea. Lucian followed suit, if only to get his thoughts back in order. This was not going nearly as well as he thought it would. Swallowing quickly, he changed the subject. I've read about Capistra, he said as he set his cup back down on its saucer. Is it true you actually hold elections for political office? Ophelia chuckled again and nodded. We are a republic. Yes, but you are the princess. Surely your position isn't up to a vote of the people. Ophelia's smile faded, her expression becoming deadly serious. We serve at the pleasure of the populace, yes. It has always been this way on Capistra, and if my family ever does something to warrant the people's sufficient displeasure, they will elect another family to lead in our stead. It has happened before. And you would allow that? That was beyond foolish. That was mad, though he knew better than to say as much. You cannot understand this, growing up as you have. She actually managed to make that sound disparaging. Lucian opened his mouth to reply, but she continued right on through, trampling his response. Legitimate governments, she put special emphasis on those words, exist to secure the rights of the people, nothing more. We will have nothing to do with petty despots. On Capistra and throughout the Republic, we view such structures with the contempt they deserve. Her eyes bored into him as she spoke, and Lucian found himself wanting to squirm in his seat. But hot anger prevented him from doing so. He clenched his jaw and leaned forward, fixing the princess with a hard look of his own. And what precisely do you mean by that, princess? He intentionally threw the honorific at her, reinforced with all the disdain that her silly platitudes deserved. The princess's eyes flared, and she replied with heat equal to Lucian's own. You know well what I mean, or you should. Your empire, she leveled all manner of contempt onto the word, has been gobbling up star systems for decades, and never mind the desires of their inhabitants. And now... You turn your greedy eyes onto Corellus and its colonies, and you expect to just get what you want yet again. Well, you have another thing. A discordant chime sounded, and the wall panel to their left flashed red and alert. Here, in neutral space, what could be happening? A 1MC announcement broke through Lucian's suddenly whirling thoughts. Command staff to the Situation Room. He leapt up from the chair, not noticing the teacup break against the floor as he knocked it off the table in his haste. Excuse me, he said, only remembering at the last minute to at least put on the required niceties before he departed the Empress's chambers at a dead run. For a heartbeat as the door slid shut behind him, he caught sight of a smug grin on Ophelia's face. Oh, snap! An alert! They're in neutral space. They're just doing diplomacy. What the heck's an alert going on for? But hey, at least it saved Lucian from... I don't know what. I mean, holy cow. Ophelia was just letting into him, right? I mean, jeez. Poor guy. He's just trying to, you know, do well with the girl he might have to marry and get into this political discourse. Holy smokes! Of course, what does he expect, right? She's the pretty much the ambassador. 
and uh, she is not, doesn't make any, doesn't even try to hide what she thinks about things. Yeah, man, which man? Maybe we all would be better off if diplomats didn't do this BS talk around the subject that politicians, diplomats tend to do, right? Anyway, so uh, that's scene three. Hopefully you liked it. If you didn't like it, don't tell me, right? <laughs> yeah, just hate it and go away. <laughs> if you want to send me hate mail, feel free. But yeah, you don't have to. I mean, what is it good's going to do? But if you did like it, stick around for the next one. Or even better, buy the book. Heck, buy all my books. I've got lots of them out there. Uh, you can find, again, go to michaelkingswood.com and uh, go, you can see I've got, you know, 30 plus titles out there. Uh, go to Patreon if you want to send me bucks on a regular basis because you think I'm cool and like what I do and want to support it so I don't have to do anything else but this. And also at michaelkingswood.com, you can sign up for my mailing list, in which case you, you know, get periodic, very infrequent, in, infrequent notifications uh the only thing i'll send emails out for on that list is if i have a new release or some kind of special promotion in fact the people on my list right now are probably saying where the hell is that guy because he haven't heard from me in a couple months because well, i haven't had anything to say which some you know professional writers would be like you need to be talking to your mailing list every week or something which which i say <laughs> no no, if somebody was emailing me every week, I would just delete, 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 because I hate that stuff. So I'm not going to do that to you. Only going to send you an email if I actually have something to say. Something important. By important, I mean something that will make me money. <laughs> well, and something that you would probably like, too. I mean, let's be honest. Anyway, um, so that's it for this one. And uh, have fun. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. That'll do it for this episode of Storytime with Michael Kingswood. Come by my website, michaelkingswood.com, for information about my work. There you can sign up for a newsletter where I tell about new releases and special promotions. Guaranteed to be spam-free. Or just drop me an email at michael at michaelkingswood.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. If you really like my stuff and feel like giving me a buck, drop by Patreon and sign up to be a patron. As always, if you like today's story, be sure to leave a review on your favorite online bookstore and share this podcast with all your friends. This production is copyright Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music copyright Gene Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.